wait, two degrees, no jobs is coming back together? It's like, I don't know, maybe. You should literally put in the old intro song. Hey, hey, I'm Danielle Ryan, and this is Adulting 101. Being an adult is stressful, and this podcast was specifically designed to help you navigate the crazy world of adulthood. So buckle up, and let's get into the episode. Hey, friends, what's up? I hope you enjoyed that little throwback. I am so excited to introduce you to this week's guest. This interview has been a long time coming. Allie and I have talked about having her on the podcast for quite some time now, so I'm so, so excited that she was finally able to come in and chat with me. And I will just preface this episode by letting you know that I was super hungover when we recorded this episode, so that's a good time. Also, we are doing construction in my house right now, so you'll notice a little bit of an interaction between myself and my fiance during the episode and lots of banging noises in the background, but we're just working with what we got, people. It's fine. Everything's fine, and I'm so, so excited, like I said, to be bringing you this interview. There's a lot of laughs and a lot of really great and serious conversation about perseverance, pivoting, and really just figuring out what path is right for you. So if this sounds like something that you can resonate with and you're looking for a good time, you're in the right place. I will also note that we recorded this episode in my yoga studio, which is essentially just a giant open room. So there might be a little bit of an echo in terms of sound quality, but you can just deal with it. Okay, great. Thanks for coming. Let's get into the interview. All right, so we're bringing it back, folks. If you've been a long-time listener, you might remember back in the day when I used to have a podcast with a dear friend of mine called Two Degrees No Jobs. If you've never heard of it, hop on iTunes right now and search it. I think there's still one or two episodes available that there you can are. listen yeah. to. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so today, I have my friend Allison here to chat with us about stuff, being adults, you know, the good stuff. You might also hear my dog in the background, but that's just the reality of living, so... <laughs> Here we are. Hi, Allison. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, hello, Danielle. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I am just dandy. It's beautiful. Oh my God. It's like mid-November here in Muskoka and it's like 20 degrees outside. Literally. Yeah. So we are all just living the absolute dream for the next three days, I think. Yeah, I think it's over on Tuesday. (laughs) It's been nice while it's lasted. All right, Allison, so let's go ahead and introduce you to the audience. Those of you listening who don't know who Allison is, now's your chance to find out. This is when I tell them who I am. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Hello, everyone. My name is Allison Teresa Elizabeth Holder. (laughs) (laughs) I am 27, and I grew up in Gravenhurst, and Danielle and I know each other because we went to... Beach Grove Public School together, literally just down the road from here. We're going to recount our entire life story. So <laughs> yeah. the year is the year 2000. And I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, we went to public school together. I'll mention briefly that we didn't like each other in public school because we were too alike and too much leadership in charge, wanting to, to be the best. We were the same We were the person. same. So yeah, we had a bit of a, a tiff when we were in public school, but then... In high school, when I went to BML, the Bracebridge High School, and Danielle went to Gravenhurst, 
we came together through board activities and realized, oh, if we just work together and be friends, good things can happen. So, then, so here we are. Here we are. Now we're still friends. Yeah. <laughs> 15 years later. Or 15 years. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And yeah, the nice thing about Danielle and I is that it like we have like ebbs and flows as to how much time we like spend together or see each other, mm-hmm. usually based on how insane our lives are and what's happening in our lives. But when we do get back together, it's always the same. Always yeah. feels good. Exactly. It's like there's no time passed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we know that we're always there for each other if needed. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Gravenhurst, and then I went away to school in Halifax. I went to Dalhousie and did an undergrad, came back and did a master's degree in Toronto. And after getting all that education, I now run a floral design business and do flowers for weddings and big events and stuff. So not even a little bit what I thought I would be doing with my life, but similar, similar to... Danielle's story. I was miserable in (laughs) corporate life. I worked a lot of corporate jobs and nothing would fit and I couldn't get a job in what I like specifically studied which was immigration and settlement studies like basically social work for refugees. It was like such a niche um, area that there were just no jobs in it Um, and I was just so frustrated. So (laughs) I decided to kind of pursue a passion project which had always been flowers and see if I could make a go of it as an actual business and career and here we are (laughs) I'm into almost four years of the business and it's like even with this weird weird year that we've had um, with COVID it's still been like a really big year of growth and it's going quite well so yeah that's me right now yeah yeah I love that too me right now because who knows who we're gonna be tomorrow oh absolutely yeah (laughs) I was just thinking, like, in preparation for this, like, what what do I have to, to offer or give to people as, like, advice or wisdom? I'm like, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that you never know what even next week is going to look like. And so best made plans are always great. I always try and make plans, but it doesn't mean that they actually turn out how I want them to. You never know what's going to to come and you have to continue to be able to adapt as much as you plan i feel like you never know what life's going to throw at you so you can have an idea in your mind but when it comes into practice there are different factors that play into it to make it completely different than what you expected yeah there you go perfect (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly it it's funny because um I always have like those Facebook memories pop up that yeah. are like whatever 10 years ago on this day and so a lot of them right now are me when I was in like first year university mm-hmm. and I just think back to like what the vision I had for my life was at that point in time of yeah. like okay I'm gonna get this degree and then I'm gonna go do like this specific job and then even like graduating four years later and what that looked like and where I had hoped things would lead never at that point in my time would what I'm doing now have even crossed my mind as a thought of something like I would never think that I would be an entrepreneur and I would never mm-hmm. think that I would own like a yoga business of all things. Yeah. Um, I was specifically thinking about a time when a friend of mine in university was like trying to get me to come to yoga classes with her mm-hmm. and I was like, yoga is stupid. <laughs> I am not doing that. It's hot. Like she wanted to do hot yoga. Yeah. I'm like, it's like a sweaty sauna. Every time I do yoga, it makes my back hurt. Like all of this stuff. And I'm just like, that girl must be laughing at me. Yeah. Looking at me running an entire business, like teaching yoga a million times a week. Like, oh yeah. my God. Totally. It's just so funny how yeah. things change. 
as we get older and as we like experience more life, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I used to hate gardening and had zero patience for like designing things or putting things together and coming up with like color palettes and all that stuff. And now that's literally just all I do. Um, (laughs) But I had no patience or interest in it before. Yeah, so maybe you can talk a bit about that time, that period of time where you kind of decided like, hey, I'm going to try to do this thing, Mm -hmm. designing flowers and like making my own business. So I was finishing up my master's degree and trying to figure out what job I would go into. Um, And I got a contract position working as an office manager for Pride Toronto, like the big organization that puts on the Pride Festival every year. Side note, I am a lesbian. Just Just a fun fact. (laughs) Fun fact. Yeah. (laughs) Married to a woman. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. Um, So I got that position. It was, yeah, it was contract. It was not stable hours. I had no job security or benefits or anything along those lines. So then I wanted ended up going into a position as a law clerk at a law firm in Yorkville, which is a really ritzy area of Toronto. And that was even worse. I worked for a pretty intense boss who was highly critical and always made me feel like a bag of crap and didn't treat me very well. And I just had such anxiety and was so unhappy going to work every day because it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. I didn't feel like productive or happy or interested in what I was doing and just nothing was fitting. So it was around during that period when things were really crappy with work that I decided that I should really try and pursue something that was my own uh, because my parents are business owners. They had a plumbing business in Muskoka for over 20 years and although it was challenging to be self-employed also reaped a lot of benefits from it and my dad is always such an advocate for like having your own thing that you own and run. So I just like literally one day went to a flower market in Toronto, bought probably a hundred dollars worth of flowers and made a bunch of like demo flowers that weren't even that good. I look back on the pictures now and I'm like, like <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> this is not good. Yeah. But yeah, I made a bunch of demo flowers, made literally a Facebook business page and just decided to see what would happen. And by some magic, I managed to, through both people I know from the Muskoka area, and then also a friend of mine who was just starting a wedding planning business at the same time, I managed to book a couple weddings. Truly on blind faith. Like, <laughs> like cause people, I really didn't have a portfolio. I don't know what people went off of to, <laughs> to book me, but I just booked a couple in my first season and through like a lot of networking and some advertising and word of mouth was the biggest thing for especially being in a small town and people knowing me i managed to like really step it up in my second season and book i think i booked 20 in my second season 20 weddings wow but i truly like looking back don't know what the secret was it was truly just timing and being able to have a couple people have have faith in in me yeah. 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 I had done flowers before. Like I wasn't like I just went to that flower market and bought the flowers and put flowers together for the first time in my life. Um, <laughs> be impressive. But I had worked at a flower shop in Bracebridge during like a gap year between my undergrad and my master's. So that's where I kind of like caught the bug and I realized that I was really interested in it and enjoyed it. So here we are now 
I have a pretty established business and do like over 30 weddings a year. Yeah, which is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. it's I don't even really recognize my life some days because yeah. it's like, how oh, is this what I do with my time? Yeah, it's amazing. And yeah, for the most part, I'm super happy. Um, obviously, any business has its challenges. And this year for any business was not an easy one mm-hmm. um, because the wedding industry was like super affected by COVID and most things were canceled or postponed or made to be a lot smaller. So yeah, it wasn't an ideal season for weddings, but still managed to make it through, which I'm really grateful for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Like the process of iterating was huge this year. Oh my God. Yeah. For everyone, yeah. everywhere. Seriously. Now we're going into next year. I don't really know what it's going to look like, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's still the potential that there'll be postponements again, but I'm optimistic that it'll at least be somewhat better than this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> For everyone's sake. And so now my wife and I right now are building a house in Bracebridge. And we're coming close to the end of the process. It's getting there. And we are really lucky because we've been able to carve out a space in the house that is like a studio for me to work out of. Because mm-hmm. I've always worked out of like a home space. I've never had a storefront. It's just something. My parents' garage. Yeah, literally my parents' garage. It's not something that I really want. Stores have like such overhead and mm-hmm. it's just like a totally different ball game with flowers. So I've always worked from like a home space. So yeah, the home studio will be like such a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, just having everything in one spot and like not having to set up and take everything down every time I'm trying to make flowers and it's also like its own space in the house that has its own outside entrance door so like clients can come for meetings if we can ever have in-person meetings again and people can come pick up so it'll be just like such a game changer things are moving in a really good direction yeah yeah for now and I think that the important message really that people can take away from that is to just start like you didn't really have a vision of being like, I'm going to go to the market and buy these flowers so I can start a successful wedding flower business. No, not even a little bit. It no. was just like, I'm interested in this thing. I'm going to follow it and I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. And I thought that it would maybe be a side project that I do like a couple weddings a year and just have like a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And it grew quickly enough that I was able to actually make it into more of a full-time gig. Yeah. Like jump right in. Yeah. So I've been super fortunate. It- it took off a lot faster than I expected. But like one of the biggest things I found is just being personable, honest, friendly, happy, and just being really good to to customers and people and like referrals Mm -hmm. are everything. That's how I get a ton of my clients. So exactly. Yeah. But the biggest thing I learned is that you can't have it all at the beginning. Like specifically in the wedding event industry, there's like so many young people in it. And it's really, especially photographers, it's very saturated that way. And everybody wants to have a huge Instagram following, have like the most perfect photos with like the exact filter that matches everything. And it's, you know, like every photo is like perfectly curated and... It's just like, that's just not realistic. No. And it's not, also it's not honest. Like I just, I still to this day post a whole smorgasbord of photos on my Instagram. Some are taken on my iPhone, some are taken by professional photographers. And I just like go with the mindset that 
I just want to show people what I'm up to and be honest about my work and share it with people. And I worry a lot less about the number of followers that I have and that I'm presenting a like really curated brand. That's definitely important for some businesses. I know that that's something more that you would focus on and that makes Mm -hmm. sense because it's a lifestyle business. But even still, I was looking through, again, these friggin' memories that pop up. <laughs> and I'm reading these posts from like two years ago, and I'm like, who wrote this caption? <laughs> I don't even talk like this. Fair. But at that point in time, I was so fixated on like what everyone else in the industry was doing yeah. and what they were saying mm-hmm. that I was like just carbon copying whatever else I saw everyone else doing. Yeah. And now I look at that and I'm like, that's dumb. Like. No wonder I had no clients because I wasn't even talking to them like a real person. Absolutely. Definitely adding that personal element is super important. I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. And I try to be, I try to like tell stories with my flowers Mm -hmm. and not worry about what people are are going to think. Like not, the interesting thing about flowers is that they're so subjective like some people are going to love what you make and then other people will be like, that's the last thing that I would ever want for like a wedding bouquet, for example. So I just like to share people's visions and stories and desires through whatever flowers I'm making and then like proudly share that with other people because like this is what I've made is something that someone really, really wanted and it's like exactly their vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I'm never one to not post a bouquet because... It doesn't like fit with the rest of the stuff that I'm doing or like the style of flowers that I usually specialize in. Yeah. And that actually reminds me of a really funny story. Well, like it's not really funny, but (laughs) (laughs) I had a friend who got married last year and her photographer was terrible. I'm not going to name drop anybody, but do not recommend. Mm -hmm. And she like was so slow at delivering Mm -hmm. the photos and whatever, but then we could see on her Instagram that she's posting all these photos of other weddings she did around the same time and engagement shoots and stuff. But because that my friend and her now husband didn't like fit the aesthetic yep. of the rest of her feed, they felt like she like shunned them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, from a customer service perspective, that's terrible to feel that way. And Absolutely. it's just shitty as a human yeah. to be like put in that position. But people are so fixated on like what they portray on the internet. That it's sad, really, mm-hmm. because I'm sure that if that's the case, they're not the only couple who experience that. Oh, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I notice that with all different kinds of, of vendors. Whereas, yeah, I make a point to, at some point, post every single wedding that I do. Because, like, I want to honor that work. And also, like, honor the clients who, like, put their faith in me and mm-hmm. hired me. And there's something to be said for entrusting such an important part of your wedding with another person you know like exactly bad flowers really do stand out mm-hmm. in wedding photos and if you don't like hit it then it can like really change somebody's look of a wedding so and financially for them it's a huge mm-hmm. investment it's a big investment yeah so i always try to to honor people but yeah i see it all the time with people just being so self-conscious about what they're posting and trying to follow all different kinds of trends and it's not easy don't don't get me wrong some days I'm really self-critical and doubt Mm -hmm. what I'm making and question if it's like a really good thing to post but I always seem to to make myself do it because I think that it's important 
Yeah, and it'll speak to someone. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always speaks to somebody. Yeah, exactly. the thing that I think is like not that great, someone will be like, I love this so much. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll teach a yoga class and be like, I don't think any of this made sense. Like in my head, it just did not flow at all. And yeah, then totally. people will be like, oh my God, I had such a great time yeah. today. And yeah. I'm just like, okay. Totally. Great. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think, yeah, my biggest piece of advice is to be as authentically you as you possibly can and spend as little amount of time as you can checking in on what everybody else is doing because it'll just screw with your head and and put you like 10 steps further behind yeah exactly of like where you actually need to be Mm -hmm. so yeah just keep innovating personally and put out what you want to put out because it's your business or project or passion whatever and, you're doing and you can do whatever you want with it like mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter what other people are doing and if somebody resonates with what you're doing then they will hire you or work with you and that's really all that matters in my opinion exactly yeah. i agree 100 yeah. percent. okay in true anything goes fashion we got interrupted and it was too funny to cut out what's up baby can we go outside? Yeah, if we want to go outside. Well, I can't go outside because I'm recording on a desktop computer. <laughs> but you can go to the basement and work on whatever you need, and I'll just fix it later. Or are you going to be... Do you have a... Whatever the thing is called? Jackhammer? Sawzall right here beside the stairs. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. I like character. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, Tom. I'll fight you. You're going to fight me? Yeah. No, you'll probably win. Yeah. You'll probably win. Please leave this in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I just feel like I'm like running through my brain right now and there's so many directions we could take this because I feel like you have such good insight on a lot of different things, like outside of work even. At the end of the day, and like I say this over and over in like pretty much every single episode I do, is yeah. that you have literally one life mm-hmm. and a lot of us and both of you and I have both done this. You spend so much time making decisions based on like other people's expectations of you mm-hmm. that you essentially talk yourself out of doing the things you actually want to do because you're afraid of what someone might say or what someone might think. But then once you finally find that courage to just take that first step in the direction of what actually feels good for you, it becomes clear and a lot easier to continue to follow that path because you realize like, hey, like I could actually start this flower business. I yep. could go teach yoga. I could yep. leave my nine to five job, whatever that is for you. But you have to have enough faith in yourself to just take that first single step and see, like, say, like, let's just see what happens. Yeah, totally. It's also not at all an easy process. Like, I know for sure that you stuck it out for a long time in a job you hated to save money Mm -hmm. to be able to leave. I worked at that job that nearly made me go crazy and I took all of my vacation days to go do weddings. So Mm -hmm. like the only time I had off was to work and do weddings and I would do them at night and I'd stay up all night making wedding flowers and then deliver them like that morning really early. Like I was pulling off crazy things that are definitely not healthy but sometimes necessary though, sometimes necessary started. yeah and it's it doesn't mean that it's at all easy to to get started but it's very much worth it when you can look back and have the growth to be able to actually do something more full-time Exactly. Yeah. And to know that you're the one that put the work in to build that thing. Yeah, it's incredibly it satisfying. For yeah. sure. Yeah. 
this is honestly a very honest representation of my life in that I could always live in a construction zone. Same. And, um, well, I'm not living in it, but I'm always in it doing mm. stuff. There's like truly no good planning because like I'll plan to do something and then we'll have to do something on the house and just everything goes for a crap. And exactly. you just like can't, yeah. So yeah, this is just real life. This is just what real life is. Yeah, you have to continue to work on your basement sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Renos can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do this hungover during construction. Uh, hey, poor human. Hi, baby. My own life choices. <laughs> you reap what you sow, people. Uh, ain't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> I think like one of the things that I've been contending with lately is being able to fit self-care and balance into my life in that well this year's been particularly crazy with uh-huh. with building a house like these aren't normal circumstances because when i say like we're building a house like it's not like we've just hired people to do it all like we they're building a house like we're physically doing so much of it with the help of my dad because we for sure would not know what we're doing um <laughs> but yeah we physically have to be there a lot um and put in a lot of work and make all kinds of different decisions so yeah this year has not been normal by any stretch of the imagination but really as of late a lack of self-care and balance has started to catch up with me just because it feels like there's absolutely no time to to fit any of that in mm-hmm. whatsoever because i also work another job with the ywca in muskoka doing like youth programming so yeah and i think like you and i are both very similar in that we have this like constant need to be like doing things mm-hmm. so for me i struggle with this also because i'll have like a day off or time off mm-hmm. and I feel guilty if I'm not doing something, whether it's in my business or just even like, oh, well now I need to mop the floors and I need to get, go grocery shopping and yeah. do all these other things that need to get done. And I can never allow myself just like an hour to sit on the couch and watch TV because like I could be using that time to be productive. Totally. And like being able to mentally find that balance of like, it's okay to stop sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, especially when you're working in nine to five, well, depending on what kind of nine to five it is, but you can usually go home and not do any work once you get mm-hmm. home. You have that divide. Yeah, there is a divide. Whereas when you're doing anything that's self-employed, there's, there's always work to be done. always something to do, something that you could make better. So it's just a, a really different ball game. And especially when you're building a new business, you feel like guilt or some kind of like self-loathing hatred thing if you're not putting what you deem enough into mm-hmm. your business. Because what you put in, you usually get out. Mm-hmm. Usually, not always. But there's definitely like a lot of self-blame when you don't put in as much as you think you should be. Because it just feels so much different when your livelihood depends on depends that. on it. Especially when you have a, like a lot of financial responsibilities. Like when you're doing something like a renovation or a house build, mm-hmm. like you've got to make money. Like there's so many more expenses than there usually would be in regular life. So yeah something that i'm trying now to get a little bit better at but i still very much need to work on Ooh, danielle's going away where is she going <laughs> oh no wow well i feel way better <laughs> holy shit <laughs> oh my god i was just like oh my god here it comes <laughs> all right so i'm super hungover right now <laughs> And uh, now I feel pretty good, so. (laughs) 
Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm a whole new person. <laughs> so kids, my advice for you today is don't drink. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's truly not. The older you get, the harder it is. I yeah. know. I feel like once I hit 25, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing to myself? Yeah. I used to have like such stamina and yeah, like like, I think back to, like, first year university, you drink, like, multiple days in a row. Now just the idea of that, like, makes me feel sick. Fair. Yeah. And the smells of certain types of alcohol. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have you ever been, um, like, just when you go to a store and, like, the hand sanitizer they're using smells like pure gin or something? Yes. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> can't do it. Like, this is definitely made with tequila. That's a no for me. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, I wanted to look up. Uh, I don't know if we ever had our podcast on Google. I wanted to see if I could find it. Mm. Because I feel like one of the last episodes we ever recorded mm-hmm. was the Trump election 2016 episode. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Oh my god. Isn't that ironic? That's so funny. Yeah. Trumped up, trickled down. <laughs> Gosh, is that so smart? Really funny. <laughs> Episode 33, SOS, Save Our Summer. Episode 32, Garbage Bag Love. (laughs) Shit, we were good. Yeah, we were good. This is a good time. Everyone needs to go and listen to those episodes. (laughs) I told Dan we were doing an interview and he was like, wait, two degrees, no jobs is coming back together? It's like, I don't know, maybe. You should literally put in the old intro song. I think it was good. So good. Yeah, no, people were sad when we stopped doing that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. I like to think that it helps you get into podcasting. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But again, I think it's just sort of this representation of like the phases of our lives. So totally. We were in a place where we needed an outlet. So Mm -hmm. we created a podcast, then like life got busy and we all, we sort of went off in our different directions. And then I was in that situation where I was feeling really lost and helpless. And I was like, needing that sense of purpose well I knew I could get that through podcasting and it kind of led me here which then I've talked about this many times but podcasting was really the outlet that sort of showed to me like the whole online entrepreneurial space Mm -hmm. and what's available on the internet and was instrumental in me like finding the courage to leave my nine-to-five job which for some people sounds like silly but for me it's been huge and so it's, yeah, it's kind of funny how things come full circle. But again, like mm-hmm. we've been saying over and over in this episode, like you don't know what taking that one step is going to lead you to. Like I didn't start my podcast with the intention of like, well, then one year from now, I'm going to leave this nine to five job. Exactly. Yeah. Things just sort of snowball once you take that first step. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're sort of waffling on a decision of like, do I, don't I, I think that there's no regret ever in doing worst case scenario is whatever you decide to go after doesn't work. And then you just end up back in square one anyway. So your situation's really no different. It's not like your whole world's going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I wouldn't recommend making drastic life decisions without knowing that you have some backing and like the ability to survive if you decide to go and quit Mm -hmm. that job. I've seen you say it tons and tons of times that you didn't just up and quit one day because you're just like got pissed off. Exactly. No plan in place. And I worked as a waitress when I left my job. So I knew that I would have a source of income. Exactly. Yeah. So there definitely is like a degree of planning and then a little bit of like, you do have to take a risk at some point, but it doesn't have to be. Quitting your nine to five, it could simply just be like starting a Facebook page for this business that mm-hmm. you want to do or whatever. Yeah, absolutely, and seeing where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like 
millennials seem to have a pretty hard time with not having instant gratification for a whole host of things, whether it be on social media or yeah, doing something like their own business, you know, like those things are not going to just like snap your fingers and appear overnight. Um, I think there's this illusion though with social media particular, and I see this a lot in the industry that I'm in, mm -hmm. people like to portray like, oh, but it's so easy. Like start your own online business and you can make $10,000 next week. And I'll show you how in my three-step webinar. <laughs> and it's three just, steps. yeah, it's just like <laughs> such bullshit. Yeah. And, and then people go and they decide to like start this business and they only make one or two sales and they're like, well, what the heck? Mm -hmm. I'm watching this girl over here who says she's a millionaire and she just quit her job yesterday. Yeah. And so it creates like sort of this false sense of expectation. Mm -hmm. So I think you really do have to be mindful that like. There is a lot of hard work required, those like crazy hours you were talking about working. And sometimes you have something that you think is a really great idea and people are gonna love it and then no one wants to do it or buy it or Absolutely, whatever. yeah. Um, and that's all just sort of part of the process to be expected, I think. Yeah, or there's like situations that you go into with like best made plans. And then like in my situation, I get an order of flowers that are all completely crap. Mm -hmm. This happened not too long ago, where like for my subscription flowers, I got shipped a ton of moldy flowers. Sometimes things like that happen. Yeah. Like there's things you can't plan for, and then you have to hustle and figure it out. And that month you make no money on your subscription flowers because you had to go and buy them from other florists to make up the, the, know, difference. the difference. Like not everything always goes perfectly and it sounds ridiculous but I've definitely cried over flowers before mm -hmm. like, <laughs> which seems like a silly thing to to be upset over but when it's part of your business part of your business and you put like such an intense amount of care and love and probably perfectionism to a fault into what you're doing you take it really personally when things don't go how you want them mm -hmm. to go and you can't put out like a product or an experience that isn't like what you consider to be top notch. Exactly. Yeah. Or that not everyone, I don't know if you experience this too, but if someone like critiques your work, yes, then it's like you take that personally. So personally. Like yeah. when people are like, oh, I just don't really like yoga. I'm like, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's almost when they don't really mean to like personally attack you. That's just like how you interpret mm -hmm. it when mm -hmm. you're like so invested in the product or service that you sell. Yeah, I think one of the hardest things for me is like pricing things at a rate that is both fair for the consumer and then also fair to me. Mm -hmm. um, because it's like, what is my time really worth? Which I still haven't figured that out fully, honestly. I try to like follow a model, but it doesn't really always work out. Yeah. <laughs> and just like people understanding like what I pay for the product that I'm giving them. Yeah. Like just in general, like in the flower world, people seem to think that a florist would be able to get the flowers for like pennies. Whereas like a lot of flowers are still very, very expensive for us to even buy. So yeah, there's like this really fine line between feeling like you're like gouging someone versus you not getting enough out of what you're making. And it's like a really weird kind of retail because typically in retail, people mark up like sometimes up to like a hundred percent on mm -hmm. the product that is being sold in a store. But like you cannot get away with that with flowers. It's like what you would have to charge would just be astronomical and you would never have any sales. So it's a, a very strange 
position to to be in where you're, you're trying to figure out what is an appropriate amount to charge because yeah you don't want someone to like get something that you've made and be like I paid $65 and this is what I'm getting like what the hell that's not a nice place to be in and like people talk and there's lots of other businesses that offer the same service that you do and so you like have like this feeling that you always have to be on your toes and on your game and like keeping up with what everyone else what is everyone doing. else is doing and charging so it's just like this fairly stressful sometimes like cyclical thing where you're always just wondering and worrying and I don't know if you find that at all with what you charge like for Mm -hmm. especially with like yoga and like fitness classes right exactly and like mobile services so I'll get a lot of inquiries for like we're having 10 girls come to the cottage like how much would you charge right and then there are people who will like book instantly and then people who I don't hear back from or I follow up with and they just don't answer and I'm like Mm -hmm. well did they find someone else who would offer it at a cheaper price like are they just price shopping like Mm -hmm. what's going on whereas like I've really over the past like year I would say figured out a price model that like finally makes sense to me Mm -hmm. or and is fair to the consumer but again like you said like you have to really think about like what your time and effort going into the service as well right because people will look at it and be like well that seems like an absurd price but it's like I'm curating a class specifically for you I'm bringing you all the props you need I also need time to sanitize and clean all of those Mm -hmm. once the class is over like these are all things that people don't think of when they're just looking to receive a particular service or a particular product they just think of that one component right totally yeah or like me charging enough to deliver something yeah like and set it up yeah you know like i need to cover my time for driving all the way to like an hour to your wedding and then setting it up for four hours that's not just included in the price of the flowers Mm -hmm. like not even close so it's something that yeah especially as a young business owner Mm -hmm. it's like something that i find is hard to have ownership over sometimes because you don't necessarily feel like you have enough experience Mm -hmm. or like the clout to um, really demand that people pay a certain price. And I don't know if that gets easier as you get older and are more experienced. I'm assuming it does. You just fake it till you make it, baby. Honestly, it's just so much faking. (laughs) Some days I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing at all. Why is someone paying me for this? Yeah, seriously, yeah. Imposter syndrome is real, my friends. It is. It truly is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely something that you have to work through. Like, no one ever just, like, wakes up confident. Like, I feel like even the most successful people in the world are faking it to an extent. Mm-hmm. Of, like, they didn't just wake up and become an expert. They yeah. sort of just had to own it and show up every day. Keep showing up, even when you're not really sure why you're showing up or what you're showing up for. That must be what Donald Trump thinks being <laughs> Yeah. What am I doing here? What am I doing here? I definitely am not qualified, but I'll just keep showing up. (laughs) People seem to be believing me, so that's a good sign. (laughs) Oh, my American friends. (laughs) Sending you so much love. Do you have a fairly decent American following? Yeah, a lot of my uh, online clients. So if you're listening to this and you didn't know this fun fact and you're looking to bring a little bit more of yoga into your life, (laughs) I offer one-on-one yoga classes through Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of my Zoom clients are located in the United States. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and actually I would say I think the listenership of this podcast is about 65% American. Oh. Yeah, primarily like California seems to be a pretty hot state when I look at my insights. Yeah, yeah. So thank you to all my American friends. Yeah. Say hello sometime. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. When you look at the map, yeah, it's like 
United States is the highest listenership, then Canada, and then some in the UK and Australia. Okay. Well, yeah, there is something absolutely amazing about the work that you do because it doesn't have to be like just focused in Muskoka. Exactly. Literally anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it a little bit complicated in terms of like growing a business because I do have like an in-person part. So I'm trying, you try to like advertise or build clientele here in Muskoka, but then at the same time, you're also like, but I can also help you if you don't live here. So it can get a little bit overwhelming that way, but that's for another episode. We'll do like the five things about business that no one talks about. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) If you're interested, let us know. (laughs) Coming soon. Oh my god. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any parting words of advice you'd like to share with millennials who are maybe sitting on a dream that they are too afraid to take the leap for? I think that something that I've really been coming to terms with lately is that we are all a work in progress. After I went through some crap in my life, did a lot of therapy, did a lot of work on myself, and then you kind of get to this point where you're like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I feel solid, I don't need this anymore. And then there's like this brain, your brain does something where you think that you don't have to do any more work after you've like gotten to a certain point. Cause you're like, what, I'm putting air quotes up, like yeah. fixed or like- All better, no all problems better, here. All better, no more problems, like all good. Um, I did the work and now I'm done. Exactly, and I can just like continue on, but that's like so not accurate <laughs> at all. And. Um, depending on what's going on in your life, it's so easy for either like bad habits or like toxic things or I don't, don't want to use the word that you're slipping because we're all just human. We're all doing our best and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make the most of the situations that we're in with the skills that we have. But work on the self never ends. And I've like really seen that quite clearly as of late because there's been a lot of stresses and to-dos and pressures in my life and when you're under a lot of stress some of the cracks in mm-hmm. in the self really start to show because you can only handle so much exactly so i think the biggest piece of advice that i would give anybody would be to never stop giving to yourself and working on yourself in whatever capacity that looks like for you and as hard as it is to take some time for yourself because if you are well mentally and physically then the potential for you to then go on and do good things and be able to take on a new business or a passion project or whatever it might be you will be so much more successful in whatever it is you choose to do whereas when i'm not feeling well mentally or physically i have like zero creativity Mm -hmm. um you know everything's annoying you know i want to throw all the flowers across the room like yeah. <laughs> it's it just like sucks the joy out of everything 100% so i think that when if you're looking to go into something and take a risk just make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons that you're doing it because you're ready and you're feeling like you're in a good place where you're creative and inspired and wanting something more in life and you're not doing it because you're trying to shield something else that's going on in your life and Mm -hmm. run away from something because like you probably won't be all that successful in it if exactly if you're not in a state where you're really like ready to welcome it in if that makes sense like try to cover up our problems they'll come back to surface anyway totally yeah run for so long yep yeah and then you'll just totally burn out which i've definitely felt a lot of burnout this season for a bunch of different reasons um and i'm like really looking forward to 
this winter period to, you know, get back onto my self-care train and feel Mm -hmm. a little bit more sound in what I'm doing and feel that like fiery passion again. Because yeah, if you sometimes lose it a little bit when you're just overworked and just overwhelmed by life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Or when you're trying to work through something significant like grief like Mm -hmm. that you've been dealing with exactly yeah like for me with the podcast even the entire month of October Mm -hmm. I had to just take a step back yeah for sure which was was like like, such a wise thing to do because pushing through something when you're not in the right headspace to do so will only make you worse and you'll just be putting out something that you're not proud of and probably isn't all that beneficial to anyone who's consuming it or listening to it a hundred percent yeah and just like building more resentment towards whatever it is. Like I think I would have grown to really hate the podcast mm-hmm. if I kept doing it. And the same is with work. If you like force yourself to do things. And again, this could be a whole other topic of discussion for another day. But it sort of reminds me of like when you take on clients that you know you're not going to like mm-hmm. working with. Or who are going to be like really difficult. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you just kind of do it because you either need the money or you want the experience and blah, blah, blah. And then you find yourself in that situation of like, oh my God, why did I put myself here? Totally. Again, that could be one of the five things that no one ever talks about because oh I have God, a few yeah. nightmare horror stories Absolutely. that I could share as well. Jesus Murphy. Um, yeah. So again, let us know if you want to hear that because we would be more than happy to put that together. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on here today. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like been a long time coming. Like yeah. literally I've talked about it for months. And... So many months and it's been like four years. So literally, that's another thing. Like freaking time flies. So, I know. Like, like I can't even keep track of like things that have happened. Especially like 2020, as terrible as it's been, I'm just like thankful that it went by so quickly. That's because that's it's almost so over. True. Oh my god, so true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But well. No. Yeah, I just want to take a second and um, thank you, Danielle, for all the work that you do. Um, I don't think that we always get like the recognition that you deserve for how incredibly hard you work like I'm sitting here staring at your November calendar and it's like so beautifully planned out and you're just like so organized and you're just someone who I'm not saying that you don't have struggles and that it's not oh like it's definitely not always easy but you put so much effort and love into what you do uh and it's really inspiring honestly (laughs) honestly especially with especially with all you've had to go through as of late and that you're like continuing to get up and do this and make shit happen even when you're trying to deal with your own you know crap that you've had to been thrown your way not everybody would be able to to do that and people who are listening to this are are lucky to have you so well that was really sweet now i'm just gonna go cry so i'll talk to you guys next week and i'm just kidding um where on the internet can everyone find you oh yeah i want to connect sure um if you want to see pictures of pretty flowers that aren't curated to all match um <laughs> come look at my ugly ass instagram feed i'm just kidding it's not ugly <laughs> um it is floral design by allison with two l's um and an i i'll link it in the show notes too, oh thank so you, you. yeah just click for all you um, lazy bitches <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd say that instagram is like my biggest platform but i also do have um, a website which is floral designs with an s by allison because some mean person on instagram took floral designs by allison so i had to go with floral design uh, Isn't that yeah. yeah when i first started my business i had lifestyle by design studio with an underscore at the end yeah you did because yeah because there was an australian interior design company called lifestyle, lifestyle so, by design yeah and oh then God. i don't know dan is like always on top of everything on the internet <laughs> so then one day 
he's just sitting here and he was like, sweetie, it's available. Oh. You need to go take it now. So then I went and switched my handle. But oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So oh, now I just want to keep checking. That's yeah. really funny. Yeah, yeah, that'll be it for this week. If you want that other episode, let us know. <laughs> you know where to find us. We're all over the internet. I'll talk to you guys again so soon. Amazing. Oh, how do I make it stop? <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you get notified when new episodes go live. Make sure to rate and review this podcast and be sure to share it with your friends. I'll talk with you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Love you so much.